Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. Whoa, I just realized it's 2.41 a.m. I've been up looking at all of these phenomenal photos of Jennifer Stockard, uh, the ones that she created when we were at House of Blues when the Alley Crew was there. I just realized that I got my radio show in the morning, or afternoon rather, 1 o'clock to 2 p.m. I got the radio show. See, this is, this is true flying by the city of France. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? fun thing is, I won't have anything planned. I'll just talk about just the, just the greatness that happened. So this is what's so interesting. So I'm looking through these photos and there's a... Okay, I'll start with this. In the little room next to us with Jenny's friend, Brittany. She was on the bed there and then next to us there was a guy in a bed and his, his wife was like sitting in a chair. It looked like she was worried for him. And he had, he's wearing a Flash t-shirt. And I thought, where was the last time I saw that? That seems familiar. Well, I'm looking through these, these photos right now by Jennifer Stockard. And there's a guy in there with a Flash t-shirt. How interesting is that? Lightning bolt. Gosh, that was so cool. They made a whole fun night out of it there at House of Blues. They gave away these little paper hats that had Yachtly Crew written on them. I mean, just incredible. Just incredible. Excitement all around. Wowzers. All right, folks, well, uh, I will undoubtedly talk to you about my journey <laughs> to to the uh, to the show. K Chung Radio, 1630 a.m., 1 o'clock to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. Standard. Standard time. Pacific standard. Not metric. Standard. Pacific metric time would be European. Not that I'm not European. I am European. I am European. 
there is no escaping that. I am European. It's great. These, this guy's wearing a shirt that says Niagara Falls. 1846. Oh, he must have gone over Niagara Falls in the barrel. Boy, that'd be cool. If little did we we realize that we took a photo with the with one of the people who went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Wow, wow, just wonderful people, wonderful people. Well, uh, take care. There will be undoubtedly more, more to come. Okay, so this is simultaneously. Look at this. Look at this, folks. Look at this kind of thing. It's being recorded on Audacity. It's being recorded right here live on Periscope. And it's being recorded right here live on the um, on the podcast. So. We're all plugged in. Look at this. We're plugged in. We're turned on, tuned in. All right. So um, <laughs> I guess just sort of speak to this general area. <laughs> and uh, all technology. Okay. So please uh, introduce yourself to these wonderful people. I am Lisa. I am a friend of Kurt's for quite some time. I don't know how many years. And uh, I'm Christine, cousin to Lisa, new friend to Kurt, although I have met you before, you just don't remember. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at one of their, it was at one of their parties. Oh yes it was. <laughs> oh yes one it was. Of, one of them. <laughs> one of the many, one of the many. Um, so one thing that's intriguing is that um, you two are unafraid to talk about, um, or and, and, and I should say mostly delight in, um, or seem to delight in um, talking about these sort of natural circumstances mm-hmm. that kind of happen to us in, in the universe. Oh, what, yeah. What are, like, um, can you, okay, so can you start with just letting us know how, how you might have started getting interested in that, in these kinds of subjects, or? Um, um, I lived in a really old house. It was built in 1912, and so I just grew up in an environment that provided unique experiences. Did you have was it haunted? Um, some say it was haunted. We're not quite sure what happened there, but it wasn't a place you wanted to visit at night, let alone live in for How 14 years. How long did you years. live in that house? Just short of 14 years. So 13 or 14 yeah. years you lived there? What, what strange phenomena happened? Um, you would, well, two of us would see things, four of us would hear things, um, voices at night, You'd feel like people were touching you if you were asleep. <laughs> things would call to my younger brother and coax him in their direction, stuff like that. What did he, what kind of voices, what did he hear? Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's really a voice in that you don't hear it. It's something that resonates in your head, so it's talking to you, but you don't necessarily hear anything. And did you see things, or did you hear things? Yes. Apparently, when I was really small, I described a man that kept visiting us in the house to my mom, and she thought I had an overactive imagination. I'm one of those kids. I started fully speaking before I was a year old, so she just always figured my imagination was running rampant. And I described someone I kept seeing in the house, and she's like, okay, it's just your imagination, your imaginary friend. And then when my brother hit about the same age, he started telling her about someone that kept coming to visit him, and it, he described the exact same person. Now, did you get a chance to have, or, or talk to anyone, or meet anyone between then and now who knows how to kind of read those vibes and or, you know, connect with the, the I spirits? spent a lot of time avoiding that. Mm. 
So it's kind of like I realized really early that apparently there is more to me than I wanted, and I'm just going to tuck that part away. So I've pretty much avoided it from most time. I think we were able to condition our brains to uh, block that stuff out. So um, uh, similarly to that, when I was really little, I would it, it occasionally would just come at, at night, like in the middle of the night, I'd see this green orb out of my window, and it would and it would be getting closer to my window. Like it's, it was still at a m major distance, and I would get out of bed and tell my mom, and she would just say, "Just just close your eyes, and it'll be gone." And I, so uh, oddly, that that worked. So. I don't know, it was a few times that I'd, I'd seen this green orb and I, I would just close my eyes and just wait a few seconds, I'd open it and it'd be gone. And I think it's, it was me subconsciously conditioning my brain not to be able to um, see those things or, you know, be aware of those things. Because I think as children, you're so sensitive to it. Like I hear Max say <laughs> all the time monsters and stuff and always says there's something in the corner. It could be his imagination, but after what I've seen, I don't know. It, it, it could be... I just think that children are so highly in tune, probably because they just came out of, you know, that realm that is so in tune with everything, and we just condition ourselves over the years to because it's, it's frightening to not not be able to see these things. Yeah, playing off the person in the corner, when my son was about the same age I was, he described someone standing in the room in a corner, different house, different location, and he described the exact same thing I had always seen. The man that stood there watching him, wearing the hat and the dark coat, and would stare at him while he slept. Mm. <laughs> what did he, um, so he had a hat, he had a dark coat, was it tall? Tallish, yeah, slender. Um, not really a face, just a shadow. Not really a voice, but talks to you. But my son described to a T exactly what I had seen as a child. Wow. Did um, what, what kind of things did he feel that met uh, the messages that he was getting? He just wanted to know, was it normal? Because he goes, there's somebody that watches me every night. I wake up and it's there. And I just told him to tell that thing to leave him alone because he wasn't interested. And that's exactly what he did. And by the time he was five, he never told me about him again. Wow. It's interesting how you just, once you, like, okay, you know what? I know what's going on here. Come on, mm -hmm. cut it out. Get, it, get, get out of here. Well, <laughs> apparently, know, yeah, with my brother, it kept trying to woo my brother. My mom would find my brother staring into corners of a house, talking to somebody and walking towards somebody. And I remember walking in one time. My brother was probably two and a half, three, and that, that would make me about three years older. And I remember walking up and just looking at the thing and just being annoyed and telling it, look, leave him alone. If you want somebody, come for me and just try. And that's the last time my mom ever remembers my brother talking to the corner. So the two of you actually saw it together yes. together in that moment. Mm -hmm. That stuff fascinates me. I mean, to go off what you were saying, like, they, yeah, that's so, it's interesting because these little, you know, creatures, uh, you know, are, are just coming out of just the pure all that is and now being limited in this you know, human perspective, I'm sure there's just lots of just tons of still fresh um, sensitivities to lots of frequencies and vibrations and stuff mm -hmm. in realms that we wouldn't normally, you know, that, that we've, that, you know, folks our age have been, you know, sort of 
programmed through the years to, oh, that doesn't exist, or this isn't, you know, something to consider, or... Um, programmed, conditioned. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting when... Um, was it? Who was it? Um, someone was telling me that they have a son, and they they encourage them to talk to their imaginary friends. You know, it's not a th threatening thing at all. They're just like, oh yeah, t tell me, tell me about him. Tell me, you know, like right. I want to get to know him. Mm -hmm. And I, I've had this thought in my brain for the longest time of thinking, wow, what if a parent could possibly, you know, if they just kept opening th themselves up in that fashion mm -hmm. of like, oh yeah, show me this, you know, tell me about. Your, your crazy dragon friend, you know, how funny he is, you know, maybe maybe eventually the, the adult would be able to break through and actually see that frequency. From what I was told a long time ago by somebody who found out I had long-time nightmares was that you're born able to receive certain, let's say, reverberations and that you can learn to close yourself off to that or open yourself up to that, but you have to be born with the ability for whatever is out there to want to reach you because mm -hmm. they have to have an interest in you it's not your interest in them you're a, a vessel so to speak yes mm -hmm. have you uh, aside from those green orbs have you seen any anything else since then no but I have very lucid dreams and I've had I, I feel very connected to a lot of my dreams and so that I feel I'm, I, I've had more experience with um, my uh, dreams and sometimes premonitions. Some of the dreams are kind of scary and I don't think it's a premonition, but I've had uh, those kinds of dreams. So I, I feel like I'm, and I'm always trying to <laughs> evaluate like what could this, and I'm sure, I know there's books out there. But um, yeah, I, I, well, for instance, if I may. Yes. Um, when I uh, got pregnant with, with Maxwell, um, somewhere down the line, I had a, I had a, um, let me think, no, okay, oh, it goes even further back, okay. So the first time I got pregnant, um, I dreamt that I lost it, and, and I ended up losing it. Uh, when I got pregnant with Maxwell, I, um, while, while I was pregnant with him, I, I dreamt that I, at one point, I, I looked down at my, I, I just, I, like, I came to after, like, six months, and I, I wasn't sure where I was, but um, he was in the house, he was a baby, and I looked down at my, my abdomen, I wasn't pregnant anymore, I was, um, it, it was flat, and I had a, a, a lined scar at the bottom, you know, like a C-section scar, and then in my dream, I had asked Ryan, um, uh, where's Max, what happened, and, and he looked um, a little sad and bereft, but, like, he didn't want to tell me, um, but I knew Max was okay, but anyway, uh, so, I, yeah, I ended up having a C-section with Max, and, and it was in my, my, my wildest dreams to just, you know, do it the, you know, the natural way, so it was disappointing at first, and uh, whatever, you know, it's life, I have a beautiful child for it, so, uh, when I was pregnant with, uh, Dylan, my, uh, last child, um, I, I didn't have that C-section dream. I, I had a couple dreams that I, I went into labor and then I didn't, ex anyway, I, I had those dreams. And then I also dreamt that he had um, like sandy blonde hair, kind of light brown, you know, medium. This is this is Dylan. And um, I when I woke up, I, I 
thought to myself that, you know, this, this kid's going to look different, and he did look very different from Maxwell, and because Maxwell was very blonde. And um, I didn't have a C-section with Dylan, even though I was supposed to, and, um, I, and he has light brown hair now. And I just, <laughs> that, that stuff blows me away, that I can be in tune to my, I don't know. It's anyway. incredible. It's incredible how that stuff works. Yeah. I mean, it's astounding. I mean, I would love to see more studies into that, you know, a lot of studies about that kind of stuff and how that connection works. Like, that, that stuff just fascinates me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about um, these things called midi sprouts? And you can attach them to plants. Did we talk about this at mm-hmm. all? Mm-hmm. You can attach them to the plants, and out comes this. It's, a, it's, a, it's an app, but it's also like this little speaker thing that you can um, hook up to it. But what it does is it, it transforms the pure, just the pure vibration of what's going on in that plant, and it transforms it into music. Oh, wow. And it's so cool because then the, the plant starts hearing itself, and you can hear it adjusting itself and becoming That's more really harmonic neat. with itself. Mm-hmm. And what these people have been noticing is they, oh, and when you touch its leaves, it'll ch- it'll change a different vibe, you know, depending on whether there's a kid nearby or what kind of person is there. And what will happen is if some of these midi sprout, uh, some of these plants are singing to the other plants, they're teaching the other plants to sing. And now, it, 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 it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's like the best thing that we have in terms of being able to, like, hear the actual communications from, from plants itself. So people have been um, attaching them to themselves and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, what if you were to attach that to the belly? You know, you got the baby in there, and you can hear these oh, impulses gosh, coming out. Like, what right. kind of interesting music would that make? And then imagine that baby being able to hear itself, and for it to try to adjust itself. Oh God, that that would be really cool to see. Yeah. That'd be cool to hear. I've never heard something like that. Or if someone was in meditation mode. Wow. If someone's just in like David Lynch is just hooked up in meditation mode. <laughs> can you imagine like, what kind of crazy sounds? Are his next album is just him, <laughs> the sounds of his body hooked up to music. <laughs> all that is. Mm. That would be phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's right around the corner. It's very self-healing, that kind of um, what you're describing. What did you say they hook up to him? Oh, it's called a midi sprout. It's this little invention. So it's like oh, a little, okay. you know, you hook one up to one leaf and hook the other up to the other leaf, and it, and it okay. reads the, okay. the vibrations. Yeah, it sounds like a, like a self-healing mechanism, much like a, like a chair massage would or, um, you know, a... A spa jacuzzi. Mm. It's a self healing because you're able to balance yourself, and uh, you know, I, th- I think feed off of your own wa- uh, wavelength. You can hear it, maybe balance yourself more. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. So you could actually well, tune your that's... own song into. Just imagine your intention, like if you're intending like just greatness, mm-hmm. like what that music would sound mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Or if someone's like, oh, I'm just feeling terrible, and you know, I'm like, I got another flat tire on the car or whatever, and then you hook it up to them, like, what what kind of music would that make? Right. And you got a bunch of monks hooked up, you're like, what the heck would be going on it's here? It's the energy you can hear, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, ladies? We just recently had uh, World UFO Day. What are, what are your thoughts about, <laughs> about UFOs or extraterrestrials in general? Well, we can't be the only life form. That would be sad and greatly disappointing. <laughs> You're doing such a fine job. Yeah. So that's that's I've I've never really thought beyond that. We can't be the only ones. And it's I don't know. I've always been conflicted. It's we're doing such a terrible job as it is as humans, and we haven't made it very far. I can't imagine some other society making it to the point of space travel. But it seems ridiculous to think they're not out there. We're also taught to, uh, 
in every history book, it's all about wars, 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 and then this tiny bit about the Renaissance, and then wars, 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 and you're like, ah, can we turn back the clock to the Renaissance again, please, when all this amazing art was being created, and these people were collaborating with each other, and I think when it was taught at a very, very young age, well, and then you combine into that sports, which is us versus them, and God, 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 I'm better, you're better, God, we're better, and it's just this huge competitive kind of thing that's brought up in our brains, um, I don't know, I imagine like if there was a society that really valued the golden rule or mm -hmm. uh, being considerate of others, being mindful, uh, wanting to unpack all the greatness that's in each individual and go, okay, show me your expertise, show me your amazing you know, uh, interests and let's see how we can turn up the volume on those. Imagine if there was an entire town like that or an entire planet that was like that. Could you imagine the kind of things that could, could be created? Because then they're mind-melded. Oh, yeah. Then they're like... You got like a Tesla here and an Einstein there, and then you know whoever else some of these other geniuses are, <laughs> and you, you plug them in. Could you imagine the woo, 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 the kinds of things that they could create? Well, it's like children; they're geniuses until they're told they're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Steve. People true. wonder true why their kids are as I've called them lumpy. It's because you told them they had to be. Mm -hmm. You didn't believe in them when they were babbling about all their greatness. Oh, it's great too. Like as long, you know, I'm thinking of if, if there's that aspect of um, being taught of give and take, and um, you know, everyone gets their turn on the right kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. everyone cannot be king of the hill all the time. You know, it's like, come on, dude. Like you've been yeah. there like 30 times. Like let someone else be king of the hill. Just you know, just pretend you can't get up there. Um, there's the, then it gives people that hope that oh, there's a chance. You know, oh cool, there's a mm -hmm. chance. And uh, it just feels so. Out in Chicago, when I was in these improv mm -hmm. groups, I learned. Yes, and I learned, learned give and take. I learned about ensemble, true ensemble, where everybody is listening to what everyone else is, and, and then and then they're taking those little pieces and building upon it. And it was just such a joyful thing because no one was sticking out going, "Oh no, you know, everybody look at me, I'm the cool person." You know, they were all busy going, "No, this is the cool person. No, that's the cool person." And when everybody in there is doing that, oh my gosh, things can just elevate. Yeah, it's it's it drives me nuts because my children typically would be considered atypical because I raised them to be young people, not children. They've learned that they are one grain of a sand on an entire beach and you're going to build what you want out of life and you are what you think, so don't complain. Right. But um, right. when they're around those other people that are all about me, 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 they kind of don't know what to do because they don't understand that point of view. It must be very... Do they talk to you about this? Do they ever, t like, say, uh, you know, like, oh, I've been coming across a lot of people lately that are just, you know, me first kind of attitude. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're middle schoolers right now. Middle yeah, schooler yeah. and one just graduated from high school. So they talk to me. But it's very... It's kind of... You get hurt more because you aren't so self-centered. But in the end, they'll be better for it. So... I think, too, um, this just... this. Uh, Mr. Rogers' quote popped in my brain, where he, he says his mom was always telling him, "Find the helpers, find the helpers." Mm -hmm. You know, if the if the other kids who are in that mindset of of being cooperative and you know sharing and oh yeah, cool, we're all in it together, we're just to simply look for the others who are of that mindset. Oh my gosh, then oh, yeah. there would be much less energy having to worry about you know battling some uh, kind of uh, I don't know lowest com common denominator kind of mm -hmm. mindset. Get out of my way. And then now what happens is. That, as a result, by these other kids, I think, meeting up with each other, go, oh, yeah, we're all helpers, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. That becomes now seen by the rest of the, the little micro 
populace there. And he goes, wow, they look like they're having a lot of fun. And they're always laughing around each other. No one's ever bonking each other on the head. They're mm-hmm. always trying to find some fun, you know, yes. thing to synchronize. And similarity, all three of my kids, they are the biggest homebodies because they need to check out from society and recover from their surroundings regularly. So where most kids are running around busy, busy around trying to be with everybody else, mine want to just stay home and relax Reset. and remove themselves from that energy that they've had to be surrounded with for the week. Mm-hmm. So it's kept them good. <laughs> Do they ever teach these aspects to other kids at school? No, they just kind of... Um, I've taught them to see themselves as individuals and that as soon as they start... They do own yeah. their individuality as an outsider. I, I see that. <laughs> they, they, own, they, they totally own their individuality. So they don't really share much because, as they've said, everybody else is just a child. Mm. So, oh, wow. How so old are they? 19, 14, and 11. That but is so they cool. would lean out of their baby strollers and ask me what was wrong with the other children. So they just kind of drift in their own and they've learned to look for quality people and Mm -hmm. but I do notice they're highly affected by the energy that surrounds them. It makes or breaks them. Mm -hmm. So they do need to check out and relax. Mm -hmm. I get that. Their father doesn't really get that, but oh I get that. Mm -hmm. I do. I can imagine being a a massage therapist, like just how many vibes you're getting I mean, because you're uh-huh. It's like putting your finger in the freaking electrical, you know, like what kind of vibe is coming out of there? I can only imagine all, just all the different people that come through there. Well, we're, we're taught to ground ourselves before we touch our, our clients. So, you know, there's, there's energy work, and that's why you feel so, you know, zapped at the end of the day is because you've dealt with a lot of, you know, neuroses and different personalities. So you're, you're taught, or at least I practice, to, to, to ground yourself, you know, just remember who you are, remember that you're the vessel, and, you know, there's, and you just kind of, well, this is something I took for, like, a few hours, uh, this training, but you're, you're just the vessel, and you're, you're just kind of, I don't want to say calling to a higher being, but you're, you're just sort of cha- channeling, like, I, I am your vessel, help me heal, yada, yada, but anyway, it's, it's about grounding yourself, and I've had clients come in that have lifted me up from, like, a relaxed state, where they're just, you know, talkative, and we and we just have so much to talk about, and then I feel I feel rejuvenated, I feel revived, and there are clients that I see regularly that there's they seem to complain about almost every aspect of, of their life, and and it really it, it there there have been times where it's affected me where I've um, now I my brain is working overtime. How do I get rid of this person? Uh, but then I, I've learned, you know, you can you can remove yourself and, you know, you can just, you know, keep it, um, just your energy, keep your energy in. You don't have to let anything in or out. So um, that's helped me deal with um, sort of that exhaustion. I, st- I still get, I can get ex- exhausted, um, but um, I really feel like I've gotten better at the grounding. And the- Did you ever meditate? You know, uh, it's really hard for me to, to be able to sit and, and, and blank out my mind, but I um, used to take yoga a lot, and when I do do my yoga, I feel like that is my meditation. Any, any kind of exercise for me is my meditative time, and it just, it. I know you're supposed to kind of blank out your mind in that meditative state, but for me, if I feel like I have, I have too many thoughts, anxious or otherwise, and, and that, that helps me... Um, 
kind of separate and of course the endorphins and all that helps too but that's that's what I love most about yoga is that it it can help me meditate because I'm completely 100% focused on myself my breathing you know the every angle that I'm supposed to be holding in this pose and um, it's, it's a lot to think about so when I leave and I'm you know he- greeted with uh, the realities of life then I feel like I'm taking it on with a fresh perspective and so um, for, you're able, you're yeah. able to kind of like whoosh, yeah. kind of squeegee it off so, so it's like okay exactly. cool, you don't feel it anymore so I, I, think, I feel like I need to do something you know active in order to find some form of meditation it, it, was, it was my own I just kind of made it my own form, but I haven't, pra- I tried, I tried sitting there and blanking out my, my brain, it is incredibly hard. <laughs> you know, do you ever listen to binaural beats at all? No. Binaural beats are, uh, you know, because uh, we, we each got our own frequency, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you know, there's just frequencies and vibrations, and uh, binaural beats, uh, they do certain things like, so for instance, you can listen to binaural beats that are good for meditation or helping open your third eye. Um, a lot of these things are on the 432HZ arena, which they say is like the natural tuning of the universe, mm-hmm. 432HZ. In fact, I just, I tune my ukulele and my guitar to 432HZ, mm-hmm. and it just sounds so much more pleasant. There's, mm. ooh, it just, ooh, there's like a smoothness to it. Like, there's just a, mm-hmm. if you ever do, if you ever check out, like, on YouTube, the difference between a 432, like, someone will play the song... In just a in you know just regular tuning, and then the four thirty two tuning, you're going whoa! This there's something so much more beautiful about that. And um, these binaural beats, what they'll do is based on how the frequency is, our our frequency will raise to kind of meet that kind of frequency. And so mm-hmm. that it, it's like um, I just imagine these scientists like if someone is like oh I'm feeling so great and they got these you know, little things on their brain and they figure out, oh, what's the frequency? Oh, here are all the common frequencies for happiness right. or whatever. And then they figure out how to put that into music, you know, loop it right back out. And especially if you got the headphones, because it's, it's playing on, like, all over, all over your head. When you listen to those DM, the uh, third eye, the pineal gland ones, you can start to feel like a, like a little crackle. It almost, it almost feels, you know, like, you know, like mm-hmm. when you have sinus issues mm-hmm. and then you can like, hear up. it opening, yeah, like yeah. in your brain, it's yeah. kind of like that. But you, it, but it's like if you were to draw a line from here to here, you know, in the, in the center, back, and you mm. feel it, and you're going, "Whoa, this is really interesting." It's like someone's going, like they're they're massaging out the knots in, in that little thing, and you're going, breaking up the fascia. What the heck's going on? Here? <laughs> it was, it, it's uh, it's quite interesting. But they have some for meditation. Okay. And they have some that's like. Oh, okay. It's just great because you just zero in on that sound and you feel, oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. It's uh-huh. really interesting. Yeah. You got it for all kinds of stuff. Huh. Like if you got sore, like a, I don't know, they got some for like your liver and um, there's this guy who invented the Rife machine way back in the day. I forgot what his first name is, but Dr. Rife, uh, he invented this machine, he figured out all these frequencies and um, like certain things like a cold or a headache he could figure out what those frequencies mm-hmm. were from testing people and funnel right back in. They would hold these little these little things in their hands and it would feed, feed it into them and then it would cure it. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, when an opera singer sings at a certain octave and, and it breaks the glass because that glass, it's like negative one plus one and now it's zero and it cancels itself out. Right. And so if each disease or whatnot is vibrating at that particular frequency, and you give it, you feed it right back. It's like eating its own medicine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know that's why people get offended when you're like, okay, 
I will now, like, you know, if I were to say to you what you just said to me, you would not like that one bit, you know, like that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. You're mm-hmm. feeding that frequency right mm-hmm. back to that thing, and it's going, it breaks. The whole not getting along with the person that's exactly like yourself. It, that That's interesting. That's an interesting thing, because then you're seeing a reflection of mm, yourself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you're going, oh, my gosh, you're reminding me too much of myself, maybe? I, I think we are in denial of that fact. You know, you, you just think that, oh, you know, why this person can annoy you. But I, yeah, I've been there. I don't know. I don't meditate at all. I've trained myself not to have a calm mind. That's how I get through it. <laughs> I need the noise in the background. Mm. Do, uh, do some people are more productive when they hear things moving along? Like if you, people who live in the country, they can't. They can't. If they stay in the city. There's no way they can sleep. Someone who lives in the city, they try to live, go sleep in the country. They can't do it. It's too like, quiet. Do, you, mm. do you appreciate more of the? I like quiet surroundings. Mm-hmm. I just can't have quiet in my head. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Do you, what? Um, what do you? I, uh, what do you think is most, or what's m- most valuable about having uh, a lot of, lot of stuff in there? It actually, it's kind of like white noise in my head. If I have enough going on, it kind of blocks and I guess I would say mediates everything. Are you talking if, about various projects or like just things that you know got things going I'm thinking life? of, things I'm feeling, things that are happening. Distractions. I need it spinning, so it kind of creates a white noise in my head, so I don't fixate on just one thing for too long, but. It goes all the way back to being a kid. I've learned you. I just need to keep my head full. Mm-hmm. I think if you tried to meditate, you'd cry and your brain would explode. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So I thought it'd be cool to read from this. This is a convoluted universe uh, number five. I've, I've oh. not even read any of this. All right. So, um, so it's between. Let's see. Give me uh, a page between. Oh. Uh, give me a number. Simple, simple, simple. 382. Oh, 382. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because there's about 500 pages in here. <laughs> I estimated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so let's see. Just for kicks, how about if you can read um, page 382. What would you say 382? I said 382. Yeah, okay. So just read um, 382, and let's see let's see what, what comes of it. Let's see if it relates to anything that we've got going on here. I was trying to get her to go somewhere and see a past life, but she was enjoying this. C. I wonder who C is. Oh, so D it's would be like Dolores. Like client. Client and Dolores. Yeah. Okay. See how bright I... Uh, so the, the client... Uh, see how bright I can make... The blue colors coming down. It's gorgeous. And every once in a while, there are little flashes. Clear white light that comes in. Looks like a flashlight. It's me. I'm sending out these waves and lights. Dolores, do you get the feeling you're by yourself, or are there others with you, client? I feel like I'm by myself, and yet I'm not alone. But there's really no sense of... There are no voices or sounds, dot, 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 although there could be. I have the feeling that other energies can create the same thing. It's a wonderful feeling, peaceful, quiet, like you're part of it and you're surrounded in it, not thinking. It's just letting it come and go as it wants to. Dolores, could you direct it if you wanted to? Client, I think I can, but I don't feel like doing that, just letting it be like waves of ocean coming over you, or the wind. Dolores, 
just a part of everything. Yes. Do you feel like you've been there a long time or what? Client, yes. I feel like it always has been something like this. It's always been something you can touch into and feel. I knew I had to move this somehow because, oh, so this is her narrative. I knew I had to move this somehow because she was quite content to stay there, Dolores. But you don't have any desire to go and do anything else. Client says no. So you don't have any body, oh, you, you don't have a body of any kind, do you? Client says no. There's no body. It's as if the colors and the waves and the patterns are what you are. You know what it is. You know what you are. You know there's no limit to it, no restrictions. It's like you're suspended, but you're not suspended. It's very hard to explain, Dolores. But the main thing is it's a good feeling and, that, and you can use it if you wanted to. Otherwise, it's just a good place to be. Wow, how interesting was that? You talked earlier about the little, the, the you yeah. see the lights, right, uh -huh. growing up. Huh, yeah, so, interesting. So, so she's in between physical forms? So is she, would she be in the, like the beyond, the, the realm of beyond, maybe? I think so. Where so she was that light, apparently. Maybe in what they call, um, um, limbo? Limbo, her transition. Right. Well, I'm wondering now, like, how do you feel that that relates to your experience? Because oh. it sounds very... Because mm. she was saying that she was that light. Wouldn't well, that be interesting if that was oh, another aspect of you? If that was me that mirrored life? back. You know, I can't say for sure whether or not that orb that I experienced um, felt threatening or otherwise. It was green. I don't know what that relates to. Um, I've actually tried looking this up and I don't get too many answers, like just, you know, online searches. I, I can't find anything quite similar. Um, I can't remember what green means, but I think I, it, it was just not knowing what it was had frightened me and maybe it was some, maybe it was something that was supposed to happen in order for me to be in my total consciousness and let go of that, um, you know, realm that I, I came from. Maybe it was my, maybe it was a closing portal. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> how big, how big, okay, so on your mind, I'm trying to envision in my brain, first of all, can you please sort of set the scene if, if we were like looking at this in a, as okay. a movie, what? Well, we're, we're the, the, the room that I was in, my bed was uh, near the window. I could see right out the window, laying down in bed, and I think I would wake up and I would see it out of the window and deep into the sky. It was about the size of the moon, and it just, it I I knew it was getting closer because it was getting larger. Just that that depth perception, it, I knew it was coming closer. And I would, I just remember getting out of bed and going to my parents' room and telling my mom, and she just, I don't, it was this is way too real in my memory to be just a dream. I know that I. I wonder that sometimes, was it all just a dream, but it, why is it in, in the forefront of my mind all the time, so... How many times did you have that dream, would you say, in the course oh, of your life? Oh, if, if it was a dream, I, which I doubt, I don't know, um, it was a few times, it was like three, four times max, I think. Do you remember being awake, or do you remember mostly, or are you I thought I was awake. I, well, I, so you thought you were awake, so you... I'm, I'm certain I was awake. So was your seeing, feet... 
like, facing the window? No, um, the bed's like this, my head's like this, the window is right to the, to the, to the side of me, so I can look oh. directly out of it, oh. but laying down, and, uh, sorry, and um, that's, that's where I was able to see it, just out, out, the, out of the window, oh, wow. deep into the sky, com coming closer. How close would you would you ever dare yourself to see how long you could sit there and see how I close never tried. I never tried. What's the closest that you felt like? What's the closest that you felt that it did that it did get? Not close enough. Um, maybe it, it's it's really hard to to say how approximately how far it could have been because it could have been it could have been miles and it just looked closer. I don't know because you know. If it, if it was huge and, you know, if it was about the size of the moon and it was that large, I don't know. I, I, didn't, let it, I didn't let it get too far, and part of me regrets that. <laughs> so did that only happen while you lived in that house, or did you, did no, you tend to experience... I didn't... That, that was, I think, the extent of anything I would consider uh, paranormal. Anything else that I've experienced has been in my dreams, just lucid dreaming, um... Uh, sometimes premonitions and dreams that come out later. I experience a lot of deja vu. What's the most recent one? Uh, the other day, I was with a client, and he was uh, turning over, and in that moment when he was turning over, I felt like, okay, we've done this before, and I felt like I, you know, can, I was anticipating his, when the next thing came, it felt familiar. When the next thing came, it felt familiar, like our conversation where it was going. It's kind of annoying, actually. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, all that familiar familiarity. Yeah. What was the last deja vu? Did you, do, you have, do you experience deja vu as well? I get deja vu a lot. I just, like I said, I've trained myself. Okay, so early on, I knew that if I let myself be open, I would get more than I wanted. So, therefore, I've trained my mind to stay busy and closed. But I would get deja vu a lot. I, was, I used to be able to predict wrong. I used to be able to predict relatives passing before they passed. I would dream about car crashes three years before it actually happened, and it happened exactly the way it stated. Other, like, things that just would not me and not me. But one thing I found through all of my deja vus is I will have a deja vu episode, and I'll know in that moment that I can do something different. And the next time... I try to break the cycle, idiot, You break a cycle. Oh, and cool. I may have deja vu the next time, but it won't be exactly like the 15 I had that were identical prior to it. Ooh, so when people cool. say you do steer your fate, I believe you do. It's, it was like you were given an opportunity of seeing a parallel universe. It's like, going, here exactly. we are, we're looking at each other. Do you want to be a part of this or not? Do you want to peel off or do you want to jump in here? You know? <laughs> and it's, there's been a lot of life struggles recently where I had to make big decisions and things that were gnawing at me prior fell away and suddenly I'm seeing things that are very familiar to a lot of dreams or a lot of deja vu episodes or things that I always felt were out there that are actually now out there. So it's just been odd. Do you, uh, so you're saying that you were trying to close yourself off to it because it was happening too much? Like too much it, bad stuff? Or it's I was very susceptible to things around me, people's energy. I could walk through cold spots. I could walk through hot spots. I knew just by brushing by a person that something wasn't right. Um, and some, I don't know who it was. I was a really, really little girl. And some really, really old lady told me, she goes, when they talk to you, don't let them in. 
And I know I wasn't even school age when that happened. Whoa. But I know afterwards, being you know, growing up, I would talk to my mom about it. And my mom, when she was young, used to see things and hear things and have things visit her at night also. What kind of things did she see? It was the same thing. It was voices. It was people. It was people wanting to get in. People wanting to be heard. But it, they don't want you to hear them. I would say they want you to more carry them. Mm. Or that in as soon as you acknowledge whatever it is that's trying to reach you, they get stronger. Mm. So like, I don't oh, watch scary me, movies because I don't need to add anything to what's already <laughs> going on in my head. Now, knowing that you have that power, knowing that you have that relationship with that, uh, with that, uh, you know, the force, so to speak, um, do you play with it uh, towards things that are that, that that are like bountiful and abundant and exciting things that could really uplift your spirits? I think your... now I'm probably at that point. Unfortunately, as a teenager, I played with it the wrong way. You could easily recognize someone else's weak spot, and it was almost a game of how quickly can I break that person. Mm. And then you realize, oh, this is a bad game. Maybe I should stop. But I just, I don't know. It's different. You, and even as an adult, you meet people, and you can tell who they are instantly. They don't need to say anything. You know, you can make up your mind right then and there. You're done. You know who they are. And I've found that oftentimes you'll meet all meet adults instantly dislike me and I'll know why. It's because I'm on to them. I was just going to say, yeah. they me like yeah. to play. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Others start telling me their life stories and it's like, oh, please stop. Like, I have enough going on in my head without adding yours. But there are some where instantly they dislike me and they do everything they can to stay away. Oh, boy. Like, uh-oh, this one's going to be able to see through my, mm-hmm. my magic tricks right exactly. away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you consider, because I'm thinking that you are, I mean, would you consider yourself clairvoyant? I think with all when I was younger, had I been with someone who could support me, possibly, and I know my mom was the same way. She was saying, she, you know, she, premonitions, different little things. But when people started dying in my family, and I always knew beforehand, the day before, or I'd wake up in the morning and know who passed, that's where I wanted it to stop. Oh, right, and right. so I walked my little bottom to the library and I read up on it a tiny bit and they said that the longer a child stays innocent and open the more you're going to be tried to be reached so oh. I kind of started overexposing myself to things oh. to kind of dampen it but I stay mentally busy I, can't, I have a hard time in crowds so when I go into a crowd I have to be ready to be in a crowd when I meet new people, I have to be ready to meet new people. I just mm-hmm. can't be bombarded with people, mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> so, I look like a recluse, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just people are exhausting for me. Well, because because of your hypersensitivity to their energies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's phenomenal about that, knowing that you have that amplifier aspect to it, uh, I'm certain that when you meet those that are tuned into sort of the, I don't want to say the superhero mentality, but like that, that idea of like, hey, we're the good guys, you know, like we're trying to help bring the, we're trying to open up the doors here and bring the light back in. Uh, do, do you feel that much different vibes with those kinds of folks? I've met a lot of people that think they are somebody they're not. And like they're trying to put on a character They're or putting on a not? character, they're projecting an energy because some people are believing that energy. But it's usually the quiet ones that aren't projecting that are the most important ones. 
I just stick to myself and watch from the periphery. I love people watching. <laughs> it is. People it's watching is my favorite yeah. sport. And it's I always could... fun to try to figure out, well, okay, what's the relationship with uh-huh. these folks? How do they know each other? Are they meet each other for the first time? Are they related to each other? What's going on? I'm pretty good at that game. Uh, that, that, yeah, I also like eavesdropping. <laughs> Listening to their conversations, like you just said, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great, because especially if you walk through it, it's like it's like a radio dial or something. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> T- Tuned in here. You know, so you hear all these different things. Oh, man, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. My friend Jenny and I uh, would play a game and we would go out back when, you know, we had zero responsibilities and we went out almost every night. Uh, we'd, you know, go to a bar, whatever restaurant, and um, sometimes we would play the game of uh, the people in the distant, you know, corner. What is their story? Well, oh, and what then, is their story is good. Yeah, what, what is their story, and wh- what are they saying to one another? And it's not that we're trying to make something up, like we're just, like, you know, throwing in silly... Uh, s- no, we're really trying to, like, figure out their conversation. Oh, cool. <laughs> Oh my God. I went out with a girlfriend two weeks ago for the first time in a while, and we're sitting at a bar, and I noticed this guy's looking at her, and she kind of knows him. She can't remember his name. He's looking at her like he can't remember her name. So I'm like, go talk to him. Like, I give you, ask him five things. You'll know everything you need to know about him. She's like, I can't. I won't. So he comes to talk to her, and they just, you know, chat a bit and disappears and chat. And it's, it was getting tedious. It was getting monotonous. I was like, okay, somebody needs to say something. So he walks up about the fifth time, and I totally lied through my teeth, but I'm like, we were talking about you, and we were wondering what kind of really uninteresting job you have that makes you look so professional, and what service were you in because he had a high and tight haircut, and he's like, well, yeah, I was in the military. I'm like, well, that wasn't a question. I'm questioning what service you were in. Mm -hmm. So he told me it was, you know, we said something about water, and he flinched. So I'm like, okay, it was the Army, and I go, and still, but you haven't asked answered my question about your unimportant job, or at least you see it as being particularly boring. He's like, well, what would make you say that? He goes, I look professional. I'm like, yes, you do, but you're understated. Your collar is pressed, which tells me you still are stuck to your military background. Mm. You're presenting yourself as somebody, but you're not mentioning one thing about yourself, which means you don't think we would find you interesting if you did. And he's like, okay, I'm a property manager. I'm like, there we go. An interesting it's job. Awesome. It's awesome. But those are the games I used to play with people. Within five questions, just feeding off their energy and their reactions wow, to fun. little weird questions, I could make it sound like I knew everything about them. Wow. Down to their deepest, darkest secrets. It was fun. <laughs> fun for a while. So did, it seem, so did they know each other or no? They had casually met, but they could, neither one could remember enough about the other person to like want to venture into a conversation. So after that, they started talking and, well, it was a good night triple for <laughs> so intriguing how that can happen. How you find yourself sort of becoming like this, you know, be human behaviorist or this social scientist. You're like, okay, let's see. Ah, look at this chemistry over here. Let's see, let's see what happens over here. It makes me good at my job. Uh huh. Oh. What's your yeah. job? I am a special education teacher. So being able to read people in a moment of crisis. I'm yeah. Very good at my job. Yeah, you're always on that edge. Um, it sounds to me like you've been through the Jedi training of having to deal with chaos. And so no yeah. wonder that you got to have that white noise because um, you, you really got to be uh, very sensitive to those things. I used to be a yeah. substitute teacher, and sometimes I would substitute teach for... Uh, I would, I, let's just say I would, I would much rather prefer to not be in the ones where the kids are swearing at each other and throwing things at each other. I've been in those kinds of classrooms, and it's like, whoa, you, you, you six kids are like, like far crazier than any 
like 40 kids that I'd ever have to be mm -hmm. in front of, and you guys just won't stop screaming at each other, and I'm trying to be nice to you, and you're screaming at me, and it's just like, oh my god, let me go over here to these special ed kids where they're just coloring all day, and we can, oh, yeah. like, I can, we can, you know, make robots and stuff together, and it's just going to be like, let's glue something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotch <laughs> let's tape. Let's yeah, all be yeah. happy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was always fun, watching how those guys would interact with each other. Now, this is what I, I would love for you to do, is to read uh, a page out of here. Okay, so call out a page between... 107. <laughs> oh, that's good. One and seven, that's eight. And then the eight is infinity. <laughs> I'm not a fan of infinity. Never, not a fan of infinity. There we are. Okay, so let's just see how this relates to you. So I think it will. Well, let me see. I'm going to read a portion. You can start at the top. So what is the next step? This is Dolores. Can they tell you anything about it? The client. There's a group that will appear in front of, uh, and they will talk to us, but it is a different location. It is up to the top of the dome, floating in the top like golden light. Dolores, you've never been there before. The client, no. My group really wants to go there badly. We know where it is. We know we won't be there, and that's where it will go next. Dolores, like a graduation, she said. Yes, the first time you get through the challenge of this lifetime, and the most of the people in the lifetime of Amber will be from this group, the client. Not most, just a few select. Then they will be there, reminders that I am in the right place, doing the right things, and giving the right direction. That's intriguing. So I would say I do believe that there are people out there in between. Mm -hmm. But I think those are the left behind. The left behind? What, what do you mean by that? They didn't go someplace afterwards. Mm -hmm. They're left lost. behind. It's like those voices, or if you've watched scary movies, the people that come out of the walls, mm -hmm. the echoes in the chambers, the cold spots in a warm room. It's interesting. There are people that have been left behind. That's one of the things that, um, in these past life regressions, what will happen is, you know, there'll be someone who has, like, just this ache in their back, their whole life, just this ache, and no one's been able to figure it out. Well, she takes them back, back to, like, let's say, medieval times, and they're chopped in the back by with an axe or something, by, like, some, some uh, you know, some enemy of theirs or something. And so they've held on to that grudge this whole time through all these different incarnations throughout the years. So that's why this person just has that. And then once Dolores is, like, okay, just, you know, leave, leave, her, leave her alone now, and you can, you can, you can just wow. let go, let go, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, the pain's gone. It's crazy. I have to interject. Uh, I was just having this conversation yesterday with my uh, lovely coworker, Catherine. She's really into energy work, and she, and she was telling me about uh, one day she was massaging this, this lady, and this lady was talking about low, her low back pain that she can't get rid of and I don't remember the, all the details but Catherine was telling me that she had this vision with this woman uh, and she's not even a past, past life regressionist but she had this vision with this woman where something happened in her low back I don't know if it was an injury or if that's how if she broke it or something she was able to use her energy Catherine was able to use her energy work to get to the source of that this uh, former um, issue in this woman's low back, and she and Catherine said it was. She said it it was not an out of body experience, but it was a very I don't know um, 
I don't know, mid, mid realm experience where she didn't feel like she was doing the work. She was channeling something. And uh, this woman's low back pain went away. Whoa. And so weird that you said that because Catherine was just telling me this. Well, yeah, and it, and it makes complete sense that I would say that because I pulled it out of the ether out of your brain, <laughs> right? Like, why would I come up with that kind of example? Yeah. I could have brought up anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fear of turtles, you know, anything. Could yeah. Could have anything. But I chose that, and bam, and mm -hmm. there's the... That's what I love when you get people in the room <laughs> who are, you know, excited about that kind of thing, yeah. about this kind of conversation, and you end up just pulling these, these little bits out of the ether. It's just incredible. <laughs> gems now have you um now since you you've had such an experience with uh you know seeing things hearing things uh, just these different vibes and being able to you know have different permissions mm -hmm. for people have you have you visited any of your relatives in your dreams for instance or seen any of them you know I, to you in places? when i was little i would always visit them the day before they passed incredible in my head and i would knew when i woke up they were gone and I've had, there have been crisis points in my life where a couple of people would visit me. But usually when I was little, it was me visiting them right before they passed. So you stop dreaming about people you know real quick. I frequently thought that the stuff that, the last stuff, information that we've had in our brains is the stuff that's really going to be grinding around in smoothies through the night while we're sleeping. That's traditionally what it's supposed to be. Well, so this is what I'm thinking, and this is what I've noticed big time, is that there were years and years and years there where I was just listening to like 15-minute increments that they would send of Alan Watts to my mm -hmm. iTunes. So I'd listen to Alan Watts talking about Buddhism and Hinduism and Maya and just the game, and then I'd go to sleep. And all that information's going through my head, and then I'd wake up the next day and I'd be substitute teaching, and just, I mean, it felt like huge amounts of downloads were coming to me in these moments in time, and I'm going, giving them these kids, and their eyes are opening up, and I'm like, what's going on right here? We all feel this elevated experience right now, yes? I mean, it was like, it was you insane. You absorbed and processed. Yeah, so this is what I'm thinking. If you were to fill your, like, if, if you were to play with that idea of, um, let's say, I don't know, tuning into, let's say, for instance, if you wanted to go visit one of your favorite, for instance, are there, are there any musicians or authors, anyone like that, that you, like, oh, if only I could visit with that person. They're all dead. <laughs> My favorites, they're all dead. Well, this is what but, I'm thinking, how cool would that be, is if you could go, I'm going to meet with this person in my, in my dreams tonight. I would be afraid of who else I might meet there. Mm -hmm. to him, I've done very that. good. At closing myself off to a lot of things, I wouldn't. But there I are, live in fear of opening back up. The interesting thing is that there, there's good stuff but too. I would say you open yourself up to the good at the risk that the bad will find you. So this is what's interesting. When I listen to these aspects, and then I take into consideration all the other stuff that I've learned through through books, videos mm -hmm. about how you know we, you know this this avatar living in this kind of experience is, is obviously an extension of source. It's an extension of source, so we also are creators and we're also the manifestations of our reality. That's the case. And knowing that we have that power to do those kinds of things, if one were to think to themselves, you know, there's a good opportunity. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm bringing these reflections into my life, may I also, is it possible for me to orchestrate good things into my you life? You can. I... 
I've had a lot of ups and downs in life, and I know that when I've been my most vulnerable mentally, I make sure I stay very in the white noise and very closed off and very busy. But there are other times where, you know, things were going great. I'd relax. I'd start reading about things. I would kind of be more willing to kind of open myself up to the possibilities of stuff. And then I would be out and about walking on the street, and all of a sudden... I'd feel something, or I'd walk by a person and I'd feel too much, or suddenly at night, it's not just me dreaming what I planned on dreaming, it's there's another voice in the background, and that voice wasn't supposed to be there, and then I just start shutting down again, mm. because I've lived with nightmares my mm. entire life, Wow. and it's that's my daily, is nightmares, so I can only imagine what it's going to be if I tried to open myself up. I'd be bad. I'd be a mess. I'm wondering. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some kind of training for um, you to be able to control um, control that aspect. Because I feel like you're you're being assaulted with this stuff when you may be able to learn some kind of like self defense with it. I mean, I guess your white noise is 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 part of it, but I feel like there's something more that you could do to be able to to deflect like someone who goes to the batting cages and can just... Well, what's interesting, you're saying this now, and you just, uh, this popped up uh, into this eye right here. <laughs> Something that you said earlier was the fact that you just tell them, ah, get out of here, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So When I was little, that's yeah. what I always said was... Yeah. I would either, I would, with, I knew my brother was talking to corners again. I was always, you come to me and leave him alone. And all my nightmares are always... The same, but that's the way I've always been though since I was little. It's just very I stand up. I may be small, but I stand up tall, as my mom used to say. So I just handle it. To go along with what you're saying, do you think that's something that could help her out, knowing that you have that key that that you know that 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 works in that situation where you can just be like, okay, I'm not having any more nightmares tonight. I just I got I know what I have to say. I just have to say, okay, get out of here. You know, like that only alone. works when. In certain circumstances, if I'm just tired and invulnerable, I'll have nightmares, and there's nothing I can do except ride them out. Mm. What so, would you say are some of the are there the main themes of nightmares? Oh that yeah, you have? there's like always been three main themes, and there's always it's persecution, being chased down. I get dismembered. I get. I mean, and it's always different time periods of the same thing, but it's the same type of dream over and mm. over again. Whoa, so there are certain, and I've love history and I think the reason I love history is because I find a lot familiar in it and you know, I'm a history teacher but um, it's repetitive it's been the same type of dreams over and over again the same type of voices the same types of feelings I pick up from people the same it's always been the same I was able to break a dream cycle once <laughs> what it, it was it was a it was a dream that started off good and it turned bad and it's very symbolic, uh, long story short, about it. But there was uh, the last time I ever had that dream, uh, something something changed. Um, like my, my one of my parents stepped in to stop me from taking this step to where things would usually go south, and I never had that dream again. So I, I have no explanation for that, except I don't I don't know maybe because I. I was able to break the pattern, kind of like deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. That's intriguing. I used to always have this dream where there's a big winding staircase, and at the top, I, I, did I tell you this dream or no? There's a big winding staircase, and all the way up at the top is this little door, and it's just open a little bit, but it's dark in there. 
and I know there's something just evil behind that door, and I go up the staircase, up the staircase, as soon as I walk through into the door, this, like, this dark being just comes out, and just, like, envelops me, and I remember, then all of a sudden, it, the scene goes to, I'm falling through space, it's like a, like a deep purple, and I just hear, like, like, this laughing, and sort of, like, a different, like, sparkly kind of cosmic voices, and then I hit my bed, I remember landing my bed and feeling, feeling as if, um, you know, like, when you, when you, when you, like, sleep on your arm or something, and all those tingles come mm -hmm. back, like, my whole body would be like that, and like, and I would just feel this, and I'd feel, like, frozen for a moment, and then, and then I could move again, and, yeah, it was it's like you had Hello, computer. Hello, computer. Please, please give me Inspirato Projecto on my radio dial. Computer, do you receive this transmission? I repeat, I will submit my request to the computer. The computer. Hello, computer. Are you there? Can you hear me? Please tune in to Inspirato Projecto.